1: Oh, it's a uh, it's a hot, sweaty day here in the little uh, studio A1 in uh, Saginaw. Yeah, it's a How little about warm you?
0: today here. It's uh, some cloud cover, but I'm sweating sitting in my studio. I can't
1: run the ceiling fan
0: because you'll hear it. So I just yeah. gotta tough it out for the next 30 minutes.
1: Yeah, so it's going to be maybe a little quicker show because I'm just sweating my ass off.
0: (laughs) Well, and for those who haven't noticed yet, we are coming to you live from the bridge of the original Enterprise, NCC1701, and uh, so yeah, we're doing our show live from the Enterprise. What's cooler than that? How many podcasts get to give you that?
1: You, you think that the enterprise with all that equipment, the phaser banks, and all that, they could have a, a decent air conditioner? But apparently, that just makes the dilithium crystals overheat. It does, yeah, I think too. what we've got going here is uh, there's
0: some uh, some yeah some dilithium overheating, and who knows? We got to get Scotty on it. You know, yeah, he fixes. Yeah. To quote the Jerky Boys, he fixes all that shit. <laughs> Yeah. Um so yeah, I think it's kinda cool. It's it's roomy though, you know, and the the chairs are comfy, don't you think? It is roomy. There's room for, you know, TV cameras. And A lot all of left. elbow room and the girls in the mini skirts, killing. Excellent. Me. Yeah. Excellent. I mean that's that's really needs to come back. We need to have the red, blue and, and I think that gold color was actually called Tyne T E N N E. So we really her, the, maybe uh, not
1: the, the most you know competent communications officer ever, but you know she was uh, she was nice to have around. So.
0: Yeah, none of those guys are here. They're all yeah, at dinner. They let us use the bridge while they were out doing something. So we've got it to ourselves for a little while. Sounds good. So two weeks ago, what we did the All Scott All the Time show, and last week I forgot to mention that Scott had sent some uh, email to me saying he thought it was awesome. He thought it rocked. Well, we aim to please. Yeah, you know I Fuck him. Who cares? <laughs> you know, we did that for us. Who the hell is Scott, you know?
1: <laughs> now you're going to get uh, some, some additional
0: email. Yeah, later. I hope so. He said he was going to uh, send some more feedback, but he didn't want to be the only one doing it, so let's encourage uh, some of our other listeners to send us some more audio feedback. I'll say the number now in case you can't hear it uh, with the music blaring at the end. 206-376-0397. So what else? Uh, what else? What else? What else has been in the news? You know, we can talk about this more next week. But there was this whole big dust up uh, from the Fox News crew, kind of making fun of Iron Chef, celebrity chef Mario Batali. I think I sent you some of the links to that last yeah, week. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was uh, that was I don't know, just kind of typical Fox News head up the butt sort of uh, classless stuff, though. You know, yeah, they didn't it really, do their really homework. Was. They didn't do the
0: research, and they have no freaking class. But, you know, we'll talk about that a little more. But if you he's, Google Mario... I think o- he,
1: he um, I, I don't know this for sure, but I remember reading somewhere that he actually vacations in Michigan. Oh, well, he might. I, you can find him, I think, in Traverse City.
0: Well, if you, if you see him, say hi to him for me. He, uh, he's one of my favorite celebrity
1: chefs. I, I I will. It seems unlikely, but uh, apparently he does. Uh, he does hang around the state in the summer.
0: Well, like Old Forge, which is kind of a destination north of where I live, about an hour north. There's there's a bunch of lakes, and people have really beautiful camps on the lakes. Turns out Sigourney Weaver has a house up there. So it is possible to see these people because my friend Lisa went up there to spend the day one day a few years ago and ran into Sigourney Weaver. And Sigourney is, oh, by the way, her favorite actress in the world. So do you think my friend Lisa said, hi, love your work?
1: (laughs) No. Did she really or did she just nervously like... Kind of smile and, and uh, not talk to her. No, she but didn't say what,
0: anything at all. She respected her privacy. She wanted to respect what, her privacy. That's what I would
1: do. Yeah, I, I would might, just I say... I might smile if, you know, if our eyes met or something. You know, like, Right, but I'm I would, not go I would harass try him. to
0: make our eyes meet and just say, man, you kicked ass in aliens. You know, whatever. You know? <laughs> but um, yeah, so we'll talk about the Mario Batali Fox News dust up a little more when we get a little more political. And uh, you know what? I don't know what you have for the intro, but... You know how Hollywood is doing all of these remakes, you know, kind of remakes of television shows too, right? Yeah, yeah. You definitely. know, what did we see? It like
1: there's no, there's no original work coming anywhere. Anymore. 15,
0: 18 years ago, we had two or three Brady Bunch movies directed by that woman who used to be on Hill Street Blues, Helen something, I forget her name. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and then we've recently, more recently we've had the Starsky and Hutch and the Dukes of Hazzard. Um But, you know i di- mean I did this once before on one of our shows where I implored Hollywood to do something, and at the time it was a sequel to my cousin Vinny because I thought that was a funny movie, and I think a sequel showing his law career would be funny mm-hmm. but one of the movies that I would love to see Hollywood reboot that used to be a TV show is the Six Million Dollar Man series you know like oh, yeah. make it really cool and give it to a not a completely idiot director like Michael Bay, but give it to um, uh who did alien uh the original alien um ridley scott yeah give it to like ridley scott or something and let him make the 6 million dollar man reboot you know
1: interesting yeah if you gave it to Joss Whedon, it would be maybe good, but it would also be maybe too campy. Well, I don't
0: know. Yeah, and if you gave it to Tim Burton, you know he'd put black eyeliner on him and make him look goth, <laughs> and it would just be stupid. But you know, give it to a good action director who makes good movies. And actually, Ridley Scott has that new movie coming out, Prometheus. Maybe we can go see that over the summer and talk about
1: that. Oh a little yeah, bit. I'm curious about it. Although you know what, this is maybe uh, Alien is uh, one of the only horror movies that I've never seen all the way through. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen all of it, but I've never watched it beginning to end. Well, that's funny because, because that's just the same with the... me.
0: And um, uh, the the uh, Kubrick film based on the Stephen King novel, Oh the was, Shining. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. I've seen the whole movie, but I've never sat down and
1: watched the whole hundred and twenty minutes.
0: So you got anything for the intro? Nothing uh, exciting.
1: Oh, we have uh, we had a. L- a walk today grace and i are taking daily walks again and i'm starting to record them and i think i might be doing something with that audio at some point um maybe reviving my other podcast um, which is just it's called the pot's house general purpose podcast we were out walking today and we were passed by a truck from the city of saginaw carrying uh, several tons of compost and we realized they were on their way to deliver it to our yard and they were a few minutes early. So we had to run back to be, uh, to let them, uh, help them get up onto the lawn, the side lawn where they're delivering this you, massive you were pile chasing, of compost.
0: You were chasing decaying biomatter. Yep, exactly.
1: Nice. So now we're, so we're working on several big garden plot projects and we're, trying to figure out whether we can go ahead and get the chicken coop going or not. But that's that's what's going on here. Oh, awesome. Cool. Well,
0: let's jump into a tune before we start our top five meme show. This, is, this, one, this show is going to be a little less serious than our political shows and kind of musical, too. So Scott from Ubuntu Studios... We'll uh, might enjoy this one as well, but uh, it's what do we too hot to be all that political today. Yeah, nah, not so. even a little bit. This is this first track is actually something from my Stone Soup Music Fest. You've heard me talking about doing all the masterings in the past few weeks, and this is an artist named Jonathan Coleman, and uh, he's a singer songwriter, acoustic guitar kind of guy. And I'll let him introduce the song. Oh, cool. I.
2: Uh... Mm-hmm. Kind of took a break from writing for a little while to build this guitar here. Um, took about a year. And, um, but one did kind of fly out of me with, with no warning at all. It's called Stones. Insane. 'Cause I carried all my stones. I should have thrown them away. I should have made my way home. Listen to my children play. In love with you when I pay.
0: So that's a really nice, mellow track. I, I just think that guy exudes musicality. I just love it, his yeah, stuff. it was
1: beautiful, nicely done. He, yeah, he's got a little delay on his voice there, very effective, not overwhelming. Well, know? that was
0: actually done at Front of House live, you know, and when he was doing those long held notes, they actually doubled it a little with a longer yeah, delay, yeah. so you got that natural chorusing in there a little bit. You know, and it interacted. It was really cool. Um, I threw a little bit more, just a little bit reverb on it because in the beginning yep. they, they, they didn't have a lot of reverb on it, but I threw uh, huh. just a little algorithmic plate reverb on it just to warm, you know, just to warm, not warm it up, but, uh, you know, wet it down just a little bit more. But, yeah, all, most of those effects were done live by the mix engineer, and we captured a nice performance there. I thought that was really good, and, you know, I did a great job mastering it too.
1: <laughs> it is a beautiful performance. I'll have to talk to you sometime about how you approach mastering a live recording versus a, a mix in the hmm. box sometime i to, don't to... I don't do too much different You just kind of have to be aware of some things, but
0: yeah, we can talk about yeah. that. Uh, so, right. you know, I thought we would do a... Uh, John and I used to do top five shows, top five. I, I went and actually looked at some of the top fives we had done, top five favorite TV shows, TV characters, top five bands, whatever. You know, we had done some things like that. And I had been searching. I had been wanting to do another top five, and... Uh, I I just I, I searched the internet for some top five lists to get some inspiration, and I really couldn't find anything that gave me inspiration. But then it just popped into my head. To our top, you and I are both guitarists, so let's talk about yep. our top five favorite guitarists.
1: I had trouble with this assignment, but it sounds uh, it sounds good. So even if uh, people might disagree, or maybe I didn't pick my ultimate five, but I think they're all interesting to talk about. So
0: in my list, and I say this, I. Every time I qualify my top five lists, you know, every time we do them, I qualify them by saying they're not really in any particular order. Um, There is some order to this one, no, but it's not like my favorite is number one and my fifth least favorite is number five. They're kind of in the order chronologically in my life that I discovered them and started to really appreciate them, right? So that's kind of the Mm -hmm. order that mine are in. So um, why don't I start? Uh, And I'll just call this one number one. And that is a guy named Randy Rhodes. He was uh, the guitar player in Ozzy Osbourne's Blizzard of Oz on the first two records.
1: Randy Rhodes, absolutely, yeah.
0: Be- yeah, before he died in that horrible, tragic plane crash where um, they were in Florida or something, and uh, some, either somebody in their crew or somebody that their crew knew had a pilot's license, so they went up and, you know, just a Cessna-type propeller plane, right?
1: Those and, things, yeah, they do have a they do have a poor safety record. The well, but now this isn't
0: that's not what happened. You know, there's no reason this should yeah. have happened. I don't know if they there was some drinking involved, but they 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 were flying over the Ozzy tour bus, and Ozzy and the band and his wife or whatever was sleeping in the bus. I don't know what hour it was, but they somebody got the bright the idea bus? to to buzz the bus exactly. Uh, and I think Man. the landing gear might have actually hit the top of the bus and Ugh. then they lost control and they crashed. So, I mean, this was not an act of God plane it was a crash.
1: Hor- horrible piece of stupidity. Yeah, yeah that's what that's this stupid. was.
0: And, you know, uh, up at that, t- you know, I, I see other people getting sad when artists die. And I, like when Jerry Garcia died, all my deadhead friends literally went and smoked pot and cried for days. You know what I mean? <laughs> and. You know, Randy Rhodes died, and that really affected me because he was the first guy whose guitar playing I really noticed on records.
1: Really listened to, yeah. Yeah,
0: because yeah, I, I didn't, I mean, there was music in my house, but I wasn't that into, I didn't find myself musically until my early high school years, like eighty, eighty-one, when that first Ozzy record came out. Yeah. yeah. You know, prior to that, I had been kind of exposed to a lot of my parents' music. But anyway, I'm so not I, a huge I, I heard Crazy Train or something on the radio, and I went, "Oh, that's crazy really cool." Train.
1: I'm not anymore, or not, and wasn't that big a fan of like the shredding school of playing. But I, I would say he definitely he while well, he played like blizzards of notes, you know, he was playing tunefully and tastefully and he was taking his scale choices at least from you know f- from classical guitar and things like that well so.
0: and as i as as i'm a much better guitarist than i was then and i'm a more discerning and discriminating listener i can right. look at randy rhodes and go yeah his stuff what he's a- actually playing is really pretty simplistic and he's not i'm not sure, sure he's that aware of his scale choices and stuff like that like like some of the better fusion or jazz tied schooled jazz players but yeah, yeah, he had a huge influence on me and he's the reason I started playing guitar. So, who do you got for your for your first guy? Well, if guy? we're
1: going to go if we're going to go back I'll will pick the one who was not exactly the reason but one of the major reasons I got into guitar. And it's it's almost a cliche I think to talk about him. He's uh considered maybe a low-brow player and a little cheesy, but uh, Alex Lyson of Rush is oh, wow. uh I didn't know if you go to one yeah, he's one of my guys. When I first, I think I mentioned before in one of our music shows, when I first heard 2112, I was just blown away. And my friends, my friend who was introducing me to all his records thought it was like too heavy for him. It kind of bored him or something, but I was just fascinated. And I'm still, you know, what I'm fascinated by in listening to all his classic stuff is two things he does. Uh, one is that he um, he really works hard to fill an arrangement out so that they can play as a trio, but he can be constantly playing these arpeggios and bits and bobs and, like, chords with notes stacked.
0: Well, they kind of have to to, since they are a trio, you know? Exactly, to really
1: fill out the song. And then the other thing he does in several of his songs, uh, he's kind of a crypto jazz player in that, like, if you listen to a couple of my favorite songs, YYZ... La Villa and some of their solo stuff. He his uh, his arrangements there and whatnot are very uh, are very jazzy. And uh-huh. in Y Y Z, he's playing this uh, Spanish Phrygian scale and doing these crazy bends. And when I first heard that, it just blew me away how you could make a, a, a guitar, a fretted instrument, sound that flexible and rubbery like middle eastern moorish you know just like more like a crazed violin where you did just you say moorish moorish yeah. oh i like that
0: well i'll tell you yeah. something I, I i think i've said this to you and i've probably certainly said this on the podcast before but rush is not one of my favorite bands but Lifeson is the guy that i really like and respect in the band you know what i mean yeah, my bet. My yeah. problem with Rush is that, and I've said this out loud. If a bass note and a kick drum note land at the same time, it's by accident. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yeah, Lifeson would be the reason I listened to Rush, and you know I listened to a, like a chord sequence like in nous. Um, yeah, just between right. us, and that's a really nifty chord sequence he came up with. I mean, that's inspired.
1: He, he does. He really. He comes up with a lot of great chords and and i knew that i was starting to be good at guitar i mean not good good but decent player like better than you know even in high school i reached the point where i was better than 90 percent of the kids who pick up guitar and learn three chords right when i when i could play uh like the the chords for natural science all the chord changes on the beat and keep up with that right because he you know he threw he Throws out a lot of interesting chords. I'll you know, bet you still don't play the this. intro
0: lick to Spirit of Radio right yet. Uh, I uh, and I'm going to tell I, you, I know, and it's not because I think you're not a good player or anything yeah. like that. It's because for years I thought I was hearing something, but then the guitar. You thought you were
1: hearing a hammer on series on one string.
0: Um, no. Well, what I thought I was hearing was not a triplet. When he goes na 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 na, and then he does the na 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 na. There's a triplet in there.
1: Oh, yeah. And yeah. I
0: didn't well, realize I, that till I downloaded Guitar Techniques, not downloaded, but bought yeah. one of those guitar magazines with tablature. And then I looked right. at it and said, There's no triplet there. And then I listened to the, the record and went, There is a triplet there. Wow. The but difficulty.
1: Anyway. So, I, well, yeah, you know how it sounds. When I originally would try to play that by doing a hammer on sequence on one string, I thought it was all on one string. No, it e and and B. And stuff. Yeah. yeah, but I can play it. the The problem I've got with it is that I can't get it adequately muted. Right, yeah. So that, the, so that the strings aren't ringing. And I still don't know quite what he does with that, except I think he's, it has something to do. It's not just uh, his finger muting. It has to do with his effects a little bit. Yeah, well, that. he's a
0: little better than us, too.
1: But. Yeah.
0: So uh, number two, I listed a guy. His initials are AH, and he's a, a fusion jazzy kind of guy named Alan Holdsworth. Uh And he's another guy who really excited me After a while and after I kind of got bored with Randy Rhodes And I I was playing the guitar to drown out the constant talk of trains And Lionel electric trains in my house (laughs) I used that as my rebellious My dad and my brother do nothing but talk about Lionel trains So I'm just going to play really loudly and drown them out But then after a time I realized the guitar was an instrument And there are musicians who play it And who occasionally write really cool music and uh, a buddy of mine was playing this record and I was like what the hell is that and it was the uh, Alan Holdsworth Road Games record which was his I think first and only uh, like major major label release Warner Brothers Eddie Van Mm. Halen had introduced him to Ted Templeman who used to produce the Van Halen early CDs and albums rather and uh yeah, Alan Holdsworth Road Games. It's an EP, six songs, and it's got uh, Jeff Berlin on bass and Chad Wackerman on drums, one of my favorite players, and these guys are just all crazy world-class, and I went, wow. I mean, it doesn't even sound like guitar on a lot of it. You know, that's like a keyboard. That's a piano, you know, yeah. and it, but his, his the songs are just really interesting, just very, very rich, full, interesting chord voicings. I mean... He wrote a book once you know, called Searching for the Uncommon Chord, and if you ever heard any of Alan Holdsworth's stuff, he's just finding uncommon chords like crazy. Yeah.
1: I don't know uh, his stuff. I don't know that many jazz guitarists, but I really should listen to it. I probably enjoy it more now at this age than I might have enjoyed it back then. You yeah, know? check out some Holdsworth. So uh, what cool. do you got next? Well, speaking of... Uh, Jazz guys, another person who influenced me a lot and I was really inspired by, uh, more in, at a college age, was Pat Metheny. Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned him in my yeah. music stuff, too. And he's... Yeah. he's I know you, you're sick of his uh, his... Fake his bad horn, hair uh his hair and his I'm not going to criticize the man's hair his fake horn guitar synth and I I can see that you might get tired of that but he has a lot of albums and he's covered a lot of ground there's an album of his called watercolors that's all like acoustic and very and very mellow jazzy stuff and his uh inspirations with uh, uh a lot of like uh central american you know brazilian uh sounds and all that and the stuff he's done there's a song by him uh which is a simple song a simple arrangement but i would recommend it to anyone to listen to to just put on a pair of headphones and close your eyes and bliss out and listen to this beautiful song uh, called last train home isn't that the monkeys
0: take that last train No, no no no
1: that's different you can find it on YouTube, but it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful song, and just a simple melody. And it's like one of these melodies that you can't believe uh, someone else didn't write that melody or discover it because it seems so simple and obvious. But no, I think it was it was original to him. There's also he did. Uh, I used to listen to. Um, Uh, a piece, um, a live performance that would just blow me away again to put headphones on and space out to called As Falls Wichita, So Falls Wichita Falls. Hmm, that's clever.
0: Well, he's definitely a guy I I need to acquaint myself with more, like I guess you with the Holdsworth, and uh, I I actually do plan on checking a little more of him out. Uh, So who do I have next? Uh, Next I have another rock, metal-ish kind of guitar player, and I'm not sure if you're going to know this guy. He's a, a German guy by the name of Ulrich Roth. Ulrich Roth? No, and I don't know. He goes by the name Ulajan Roth now. But uh, Ulrich Roth was the Scorpion's second guitar player. Their first guitar player was Michael Schenker, because there were two brothers in the band, Michael playing oh, lead. Oh, yeah, okay. And Rudolf okay. Schenker played rhythm guitar and still does. Then they got a guitar a guitarist named Ulrich Roth, and he's kind of very, he's a Strat guy uh very influenced by Hendrix uh very classically mm-hmm. influenced he was doing a lot of that you know uh sort of Ingve Momstein kind of shredding way before Momstein was on the scene just really tasty interesting note choice solos lots of technique but he writes really cool music too mhm yeah great stuff Kay. Ulrich Roth definitely uh and while I'm I don't listen to like Randy Rhodes per se anymore, I still do listen to a lot of Ulrich Roth's stuff. I mean just Does he
1: do solo stuff or is this all Scorpion? Well his
0: new solo stuff is called Ulijan Roth. Uli like U uh-huh. L I J O N Roth, Ulijan Roth. And you know, he's been doing solo stuff since he left the Scorpions, yeah. Mm. His okay. his Have band I think it is out. called Sky Academy. Ulijan Roth and Sky Academy. He plays this custom seven string guitar now and uh, just brutal, brutal player. So uh, what do
1: you got? Oh, um, very influential, and I think not just to me, but to a lot of musicians, and he's been doing it so long that whole generations of musicians have grown up inspired by him. Uh, Robert Fripp. Oh, wow. You know, it's funny. I didn't even think to include him, but yeah, yeah. The the, uh, force behind King Crimson, the sort of uh, unchanging person in the lineup, and... Also a session musician with people like David Bowie and just about every other major person from the 70s, 80s, and 90s you can think of.
0: Hey, wait, hang uh, on one second. There's some Romulans out there. I got to throw a photon torpedo warning shot across their bow. Hang on. Uh-oh. Okay. All right, all right. Looks like they're, uh, looks like they're
1: making for the border. <sighs> for the neutral back to the neutral yeah, zone. Yeah, get
0: the hell out of here. Get in the neutral zone, you you Romulan bastards. You killed my son. Oh no, those are the Klingon bastards. Um you Robert Fripp. Kenny.
1: Wait, that's, uh, Robert you know, Fripp, yeah. He
0: has a solo record called Exposure, which I'm a huge fan yes. of. Uh um, yes, I love absolutely. that record. I play that to death. It's on my iPod and it gets lots of playing. Yeah. He, really cool I, I, stuff.
1: I love his stuff. He's also, this sounds strange to say, he's also a good motivational speaker. Hmm. He's kind of famously shy and whatnot, but there exists a recording. Uh, it's actually, you can get it on iTunes. It's just about the only thing you can get on iTunes by him, which was a recording of a talk he gave for his sister's like uh, Toastmasters Club, like a uh, Speakers Club kind yeah, fa- of thing. I'm familiar
0: with those, Toastmasters, yeah
1: and, and it 's not exactly it 's some some british uh, equivalent of that but it 's this really inspirational talk about about uh, approaching mastery and basically going from being an amateur to a professional in any field and it 's and you know as a musician. He came at it from one perspective, but it's shocking how relevant it is to just about everything. Well,
0: yeah. and speaking of that, if uh, you want to see a really interesting talk done by a speaker, you might not expect. Uh, Bruce Springsteen gave the keynote at this year's South by Southwest. Really? Go to YouTube and Google um, Springsteen Keynote South by Southwest, and they sometimes abbreviate South by Southwest as SXSW. So, yep. yeah, if you want to find a guy that's surprisingly an amazing public speaker, 45, 50-minute speech, check that out. Um, huh. cool. Robert Fripp, yeah, it's a great choice, and it's funny because I, I, he didn't really even pop into my brain as a, as a choice, but, yeah, very, I... uh, very influential proggy guitar player.
1: Frippertronics, It's, my, it's one of, of my effects. bucket list... One of my bucket list things to be able to do before I die is to learn how to play Lars um, tongue
0: and Oh yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I, I can play a couple parts of it fairly reliably, but uh, to to be able to do it in sync in like you know with a with a, a drummer playing in like um, you know. Seventeen, sixteen, or something—you know—over against another guy playing seven, eight, and you know, it's just—it's yeah. just crazy. Plays
0: with a lot of time, definitely. That's good stuff. Well, uh, let's jump into another tune. We'll save our last two or four, if you multiply by two, for uh, this the second segment after the song. So, what do we got here? Oh, this is another one for our metal fans out there. I did two songs by these guys, the Luftwaffe, the band I used to work for in the eighties. Uh, a couple weeks ago on the All Scott All the Time show. And didn't this they record, is, uh, like,
1: 99 Luftballons? Or they they might have, else? yeah.
0: They might have had <laughs> sex with that Nina woman, but I don't think they actually did that song. <laughs> and, and they didn't even make fun of it, actually, which was the funny thing. I'm sure they might have uh. at the time, but I don't remember. But this is uh, the Luftwaffe, a song called Free Fall. Let's check it out. <laughs> ¶¶ thing I love about the Luftwaffe is they put a lot of stuff in their music that is by no means straight ahead heavy metal right yeah a yeah. lot of interesting chord changes in there and uh, just the beginning how the bass and the drums turn around the downbeat um, right. you know they, they just they're just always putting little surprises in their music and that's uh, one of their kind of really melodic ones those little breaks with the steel string acoustic the, the, yeah, the,
1: it's very it's very ish too. Where the the bass line sounds quite jazzy. Yeah. Well, the,
0: the drummer is a big prog guy. He's the guy who kind of got me in the gentle giant. Their drummer, uh, Tim, Tim o. Yeah. G. Less was the uh, road name he used to use. So that's what, the way we'll address him now. But really cool stuff. Very clever, very innovative, very inventive, a lot of fun. And like you said, uh, uh, cool guitar parts last uh, on no, the last show. Just nifty, fun fun stuff so um, oh guitar players moving on yeah who, moving who on I've got uh, who the guy who actually probably is my number one favorite guitar player even though I'm not uh, putting him as number one on the list but that is a guy named Steve Morse who uh, was the founder of the Dixie Dregs and uh, is now in uh, Deep Purple and the Steve Morse band? And he's got a couple of other projects that he's doing. He's got a sort of a prog rock band with the keyboard player from Spock's Beard. And he's got another project with like this sort of Celtic woman kind of singer, sort of doing some new agey stuff. I think, and it's the, what those projects are called is, is escaping me now. But, um, Steve Morse, the guy who won Best Overall Guitarist in Guitar Player Magazine in the 80s five years in a row. He won so many times they banned him from being entered. <laughs> Seriously. They said, you've won enough.
3: Let Well, someone else I mean, if chance. there
0: is one guy in the world who can play every style at a world-class level, rock, jazz, fusion, classical, country, it's him. I mean, I don't know how That's much you've cool. heard the guy, but if you listen to his country, because he's from Georgia, you know, and you listen to his yeah. you know, what I call his chicken picking songs, they're as good as any country yeah. instrumentals, better
1: really. than you're going to hear he studied classes guitar for years. If we, if we went into years. country and bluegrass, I would have to mention a dozen more people, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to I'll have to listen, cause I'll see because no, I don't, I'm not real familiar with this stuff. You know, the Drakes. Direct... I always saw him in these guitar magazines. I used to buy guitar magazines a lot. Yeah, Um, I used to subscribe to Guitar Player in the 80s but yet never really learned you know, much about the artists they were profiling, sadly.
0: Well, Morse is, is just brutal, world-class, and he writes really cool music. The st- I, I will qualify that by saying his last few Steve Morse solo band albums have been really watered down. It's like some producer was telling him to play like Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains or something, because I listen mm. to the, the solo records and I hear fairly... Straightforward rock riffs—they're pretty good rock riffs—but Steve Morse is capable of so much more than that. But so yeah, worth. it's
1: interesting how we haven't—who we haven't mentioned. I'm—I'm I'm kind of uh, intrigued by that. That like, you know, when you think of guitar, everyone always thinks of Jimmy Page and whatnot, and, and or I'm happy Hendrix to have, or something. Yeah, yeah, and I'm happy that we're not just talking about uh, the blues riffs. You know, uh, or the blues bores me to tears. It really does. So who do you it, it got next? It does me a little bit, yeah. Okay, another guy who do, who doesn't bore me to tears, who I think is also hugely influential, uh, is The Edge, and my prototypical uh, reason for I knew you him. were going to list him, by the way. <laughs> Did you? I, a lot of people really don't like him, and they don't think he's that good a player. Um, but if you listen to U uh, two's live at Red Rocks concert. And listen to the way he can entrance an audience by playing this unconventional single-note riffs with with a, a double delay. Right. Yeah. And just and he's using a like a, a pick held backwards with a grip, like rubbing the string to give this abrasive tone, and just uh, and just these delays that are filling up the space and just solo with that. And just blow people's minds. And well, I, I really I love what he that does. I will say that
0: I don't think he's the most technically gifted guitar player out there. I mean, you'll even no, sure. agree to his, that. His
1: parts aren't even that hard to play. I mean, I, Not at all. A, a, but what I he has incredible credible fake, fake edge, I think.
0: But, what he has is that word that everybody uses in the music business that means nothing that's like very 60s. He has that sound that's he his has thing his he's sound. into the delay yeah. he's a textural kind of player he's, he's a not a lead player. player exactly
1: yeah and, and what yeah. he does
0: is really cool and i mean i think bono i love the emotion he sings with i'm a big bono fan i could right. listen to you two all day long just because i love bono singing and no, it's not are...
1: about yeah for him it's not about the the flurry of notes or the technical perfection or the quoting of, of classic blues riffs or whatnot yeah. but if you listen to his solo on like uh bullet the blue sky from i think joshua tree uh it's it's impressive it's really it fills the space it's really emotive yeah. and
0: and if you want to quote dollars you can't argue with them they're one of the highest grossing bands grossing of all bands time. exactly yeah, yeah.
1: No, i don't i don't try and I don't actually try and quote him because I think you know, like a little edge goes a long way, and, and yeah, he's yeah. going to be a better edge than I can. Well, that's hope what to I say. A it's like
0: fake edge. When I was complaining about Steve Morse in the car yesterday, when I went hiking with my friend Matt, I was like, "That sounds like a Jerry Cantrell riff to me." And I, you know, we already have a Jerry Cantrell. Why do we need another yeah. one? You know, so, so, um, so.
1: But it's always it's hard. I mean. He, he, yeah, he's one of the guys that inspired me to, to believe that you really could entrance an audience just with a guitar and a delay, you know? Yeah, it's
0: good stuff. Uh, so who do I have last? I have a, a guitarist who falls into kind of the, a different genre, a different category, and that's a classical player named Christopher Parkening.
1: Mm. Yeah, you've, I think you've mentioned him, but I, I don't know much about his music.
0: Well, I mean, you know, he's playing everybody else's music, right? That's what classical musicians do. They in- typically interpret other people's right. music, so he's not right. like, necessarily writing a lot of music. But he is just at the top of classical guitar technique. I mean, he's been around since the 70s, right? And he became a hugely successful Sony classical whatever label star mm-hmm. to the point where he was able to retire you know, in his cool. 30s, in, and then he retired to becoming a fly fisherman, a competitive fly fisherman, and then he became a world-class <laughs> winner of these fly fishing contests or something. So he wow. got to be, like, world-class at two things, and then he kind of got bored with that and came back to playing. And I actually saw him at our local beautiful Stanley Theater, which I know I've mentioned in the past. Uh, he, I knew he was coming but i didn't get tickets or but for whatever reason i wasn't i just didn't go down and buy tickets and then my girlfriend at the time lisa her parents have season tickets and they both had the flu <laughs> Mm. And they were like, "Here, Lisa, give so these... sad. Yeah, I know how awful. <laughs> Here, you do something with these tickets." And Lisa's like, "Rich, I got these parking tickets, and they're like front row loge of the balcony, really good wow. seats, and you know, no amplification. He just played the guitar without a mic, going through speak. You know, he just to this gigantic 3,300 seat theater. You know, and he killed it. But he's wow. just amazing, very expressive and. I had actually interacted with his secretary a little bit in email, getting a signed picture like the previous year. And then he did a meet and greet in the lobby afterwards. And I shook his hand nice. and I told him that I, I had uh, had some exchanges with his secretary. And I, I even said her email address just, you know, would, so they would know that I wasn't kidding because it, it was a very unique email address. So I was like, yeah, that was. And he goes, yep, yep, she still uses a version of that. And, but really nice guy and a monster, monster player. But yeah, definitely somebody to check out if you you like
1: classical stuff. Cool. So so I got one more. Yes. In the five, um, my last in the in the five. Plus I've got some miscellaneous. We probably maybe we'll have to save. But uh, last guy is Brian May, astrophysicist. Yeah, PhD astrophysicist. <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah. And again, I don't think he's, hes you know, I, I'm not saying he's like this huge theoretician or huge jazz player and whatnot, but as far as playing uh, riffs that are just fun as hell to listen to, melodic and clever and, and enthusiastic, uh, he's right up there for me. Just the, the his stuff his solos even you know 30 years later listening to bohemian rhapsody and whatnot just always brings a big grin to my face so. well and
0: he's he's got tone 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 you know that yeah. weird guitar that he made with his red, dad the red, red special. special yeah um and his
1: vox amps and his homemade effects yeah whatnot. he just yeah. and he
0: plays with uh uh a, a british coin is his pick yeah. which is part of his yeah. sound and all of that combined with his hands, like Eric Johnson, you know, so much of his tone comes from his hands, you know. Sure. you're actually touching the string, so you can actually impart sounds, you know, a, a kind of a, 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 you can affect the way it sounds, I guess I'll say. But yeah, Brian Absolutely. May's a monster, really tasty stuff. And uh, yeah, I actually heard him on public radio about nine months ago talking more about his astrophysics and his PhD dissertation and all that kind of stuff than uh, talking about music. They did, they did talk quite a bit about Fre- uh, Freddie, Freddie Mercury, though. <laughs> so I think that's a show, man. It sounds like a show. So check us out on the web, www.bloodyveg.com. Send us feedback, feedback at bloodyveg.com. Send us some voicemail to our cool voicemail number, 206-376-0397. And we're still waiting for that Wikipedia article for all the would-be Wikipedia (laughs) authors out there. So uh, we'll see you next time. Take care, all.